everyone. I'm Matt. And I'm Kyle. And I'm Doug. <laughs> and we're the Casual Tutors coming at you live today <laughs> with uh, an interesting topic. But, you know, first, want to get to some housekeeping. Obviously, there's been a big change in just this 30 seconds of the podcast already. And I just want to take this opportunity to introduce the newest Casual Tutor, Doug. Go ahead and talk about yourself. Hi guys, I'm Doug, also known as Dougie Nerd online, pretty much everywhere that magic is involved. I have known these guys for quite some time. We used to kind of all be around the same LGS and that kind of thing. And uh, these days I write the Friday top 10 article out at EDH Rec as well, uh, which keeps me pretty busy and pretty up to date on all the, all things magic. But uh, I know we do a little bit more than that here. I do a lot of D&D. I have my own homebrew tabletop as well and a lot of other things. So uh, sufficiently nerdy, I hope. We'll, we'll see. So we're super excited to have Doug joining us. He's going to be a mainstay fixture here with us, a full-time tutor, I guess you could say. And obviously, Doug brings a lot to the table, not only his experience writing for EDH Rec, but just the multifaceted nerdiness of him. And I can assure you, he is more than nerdy for me and Kyle. <laughs> just a little bit of housekeeping to get this episode started. As always, you know, thank you for listening. We appreciate everything you do, all the shares you guys provide for us. And, you know, we really want to interact with you. So if you can join us on our social media over on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Casual Tutors, or even better, hop on our Discord, jump in one of our channels, chat with us, say hi, share a deck list, anything like that. We we love the opportunity to talk with you guys and see what everything everybody's got going on. You know, we also have, you know, some things like TikTok, YouTube, I'm just getting further and further behind on, but it is there. And, you know, we appreciate anywhere you guys consume casual tutor media. We love it. And we thank you for everything you do. So without further ado, this week, we're going to be talking about, you know, some of the latest changes or lack of changes that have hit the magic world. And, you know, kind of the big one that affects Doug, Kyle and I the most is the no changes to the ban and restricted list for EDH or commander and kind of obviously that comes from the rules committee. So got a lot of talk about, you know, kind of the implica implications of there being no changes, you know, even with new members, stuff like that. So without further ado, we're just going to dive right into that. Is so that really the biggest changes that there's no changes question mark. So that's where the implications come in. I think the fact that there's no changes one, I guess you could say that kind of talks to there being a stability in the format. I kind of disagree. My overarching assholeness kind of wants to say it's more to the sign that we don't need a rules committee to come out quarterly and tell us there's no changes to the format because there shouldn't ever be changes to the format. So, so you're saying that there shouldn't be a rules committee because simply because they aren't doing anything to do this, to update the format, which I mean, it's true now, but you know, we, you go back uh, two years. Uh, which is the last time we had major changes in the format with Golos getting banned and Worldfire getting unbanned uh, and the Hole Breacher getting banned all kind of in that, that summer fall period of 2021. Uh, I mean, it's not like there haven't been changes made, I guess is my point. I just can't believe that Golos was the last thing to be banned. It feels like that was so long ago. It, when I was looking this up in my memory, it was Hole Breacher that was the last one, not and Golos. Hole Breacher is the one that, I think deserve to be banned over Golos. I understand Golos and I get what it was doing, but I, in all reality, I saw a lot of different Golos decks and I think I saw more Golos gate decks than I saw anything oppressive. See, and I think I would disagree with that. As far as Golos goes, I, the most of the Golos decks I saw when it was at its peak and, and besides my own, because I had a five color cycling deck that was Golos, which I used to just go get 
cycling lands than you know bounce lands to further cycle some lands. Most of the ones that I saw that were Golos were literally just a stack of mana rocks with Golos, and then everything else was big spells, and they just sat there and spun the wheel and ramped, and, and that was all they did. Yeah, that that definitely is a, a, probably the grossest slash saltiest way to play Golos. Um, I know we saw Chaos Golos in our local meta, which everyone you know rightfully hates out. The I know it's still around. I know he still has it, but. No one ever wants to play them. And that's, I think, the more appropriate approach to Golos and cards of that type than having some entity telling us, you know, we can't play that in official sanction stuff. Obviously, there's Rule Zero. We're not going to really talk about that. We kind of beat it all to death. You can play anything you want with Rule Zero as long as your group's okay with it. So I, I think kind of the overarching thing is, you know, there's a significant number of cards at Commander that regularly do things that were worse than Golos that are still legal in the format. And I think kind of a, a vast majority of cards are on the precipice of being one set away from being ban-worthy. Like, it, all it takes is Watsy to print one stupid card in a Lord of the Rings set or in a Doctor Who set, and all of a sudden, a card that saw widespread play just combos off on you know, the drop of a dime. And oh, but there's all sorts of broken combos out there, and none of them are banned, other than Flash, which wasn't even part of a combo, per se. It just got the combo down on the table in a weird way that got around interaction. Yeah. Well, and, you know, that all those combos not being banned also speaks to, you know, it's just the environment that I feel that Commander should be in is one where the local meta handles itself. I, I see a lot on Reddit, which I, is a horrible place to keep citing and going back to, but I can't help it because the salt sustains me. But I, I agree entirely. Uh, Reddit is an amazing community, uh, on both on EDH and on CEDH and, and many, many other communities there on Reddit, everything short of free magic, essentially. Uh, whereas Twitter is the, uh, the cesspool that we should, should, should all abandon. Yeah, Twitter is definitely a toxic pit. Reddit is just like the, the, the epitome of salt mines. Because one, you go there, you're going to see the same post, you know, 40 times in a week, which kind of gets annoying, but at the right. same time, Everyone has the opportunity to voice their opinion, I guess. But, you know, it, it's just I, getting off track here with Reddit. But I, it is the saltiest place on earth, without a doubt. <laughs> but, you know, we, we see on there where people share what their local LGSs have for their own personal rules in LGS. Like, you know, banning specific cards, banning combo, banning, you know, this mechanic, having, you know, you can't have a combo less than four cards, stuff like that. And all these crazy restrictions that LGS is placed on in, in their own meta themselves, which one, I don't know why people play at these things. That sounds horrible. Like it sounds someone brought a deck, pissed off the LGS owner one uh, casual night, and then all of a sudden lockdown happened. But well, two, that's the thing, though, is is those LGSs. You know, I think that they are more the exception than the rule, and I think that they back up why we need a rules committee because otherwise, you just have the local LGS owner that's mad about what have you, uh, not setting the standard as opposed to there being one that is for everyone to come to any table anywhere and say, hey, this is at least a starting place. If you guys have some weird rules here, we can talk about that. Or, or maybe we won't and I'll walk out the door because uh, I want to be able to play my deck without having to worry about Soul Ring being banned. I, I don't disagree with the initial rules committee establishing the commander format, you know, setting all the rules, stuff like that. And, you know, having a body for when there's, you know, mechanic changes or rule changes that come from Watsi that are unavoidable for the format that they help clarify and translate into Commander. I just, 
don't agree that they should be policing it like there's some kind of balance that exists in commander and obviously everything to do with balance is on the local level like there's no way of mandating everything's a seven in this world and you know ultimately it's the power of the pod over the lgs even to weed out and you know create their own inner pod interactions and what's good and what's right and what can be played and stuff like that right and that's I think that the rules committee agrees with you. That's basically what the philosophy document says. Right. I just, I think the the major disconnect for me is that, you know, things like Flash, obviously it didn't affect the merger, but even to say that on some level, that card is wrong. It is basically what they're saying. It's wrong for the format. It's wrong for you guys to be playing this. It's wrong. And, you know, outside of people printing big-titted anime chicks on their proxies and stuff like that and coming and playing with 12-year-olds down in their local game stores, there there really should be no wrong cards to play. You know, we won't get into the Watsi banning the potentially racist cards from Magic Past, but other than that, I, I, I just think everybody should be playing their own and the Rules Committee should be, you know, supporting that more so than trying to balance the, the format itself. Yeah, well, and I... Go ahead, Kyle. I was going to say, so I, I kind of agree on both ends of the spectrum here. So you, you keep mentioning Flash, and the thing with Flash is it's, it's specifically banned because of CEDH. And in right. that the sense... Right, CEDH, uh, where the rules committee specifically didn't want to do it. Right, and, and in that sense, Flash should be banned, right? Because that's competitive. CEDH <laughs> is competitive. It's just like when you go and you look at, like, um, a modern play field and 80% of the decks are all the same deck, right? They're going to have to change something up to allow diversity among the decks. I think it's the same idea there. Now, do I agree that in casual commander, there should just be a rule zero talk? You guys talk about whatever you want to play, play whatever you want to play? 100%. But I, I think there is that disconnect, even though it's all... A, you know, a casual format, right? But there, I think there needs to be that disconnect between CEDH and EDH. Yeah, I, I mean, and that's that's a whole other conversation about whether CEDH should be its own format or not and all those kind of things. And even people in the CEDH community have a, an array of different opinions on that, which is how we ended up with uh, one of the spike feeders on the rules committee in the first place is to kind of bring that argument to the forefront. But... Casual is, is an entirely different animal, and I think that everyone can pretty much agree on that. And it, I do think that it starts with rule zero, in that that is a starting place to sit down and have the conversation and say, hey, I'm trying over here to play my Pegasus Tribal. Are you guys doing that kind of thing, or do I need to go see if I can borrow one of your decks that's a little bit more powerful? Yeah, definitely the most important thing to do. Anytime you're either new to a pod or you know it's the first game of a night or something like that, and unfortunately, I think that's also something that kind of suffers is when we do get new members to our community, we've obviously been playing with each other for a long time. We have all these interactions involved. And I think sometimes new members will suffer because we assume the rule zero is taken care of, but really revisiting that. And, you know, you probably find it surprising too how people's rule zeros change over time too. Even though you might be playing with them for the past five years, you know, how they were five years ago to how they are now as a player will definitely be different. What they're okay with will be different. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Five years ago, I was making group hug decks with no win con, uh, which now it makes me cringe to even say. So, yeah, I, definitely. Oh, the good old days. <laughs> I would just scoop and leave. I remember. I remember locking the board out and having to kill myself just to leave Doug's house. <laughs> Mycosynthlatus, monster. 
Okay, so obviously, we, it, it seems like we fall on a spectrum here of, of doesn't believe the rules committee should exist. I obviously, if you, I haven't, I don't think I've stated it yet, but I'm obviously very, very pro rules committee and what they do at this point, which I know at least on Reddit is a uh, controversial opinion. Uh, and then we got Kyle in the middle here. But I guess what I would ask is, if we were going to have changes, what, what would you guys change? That so, is a good question. So, 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 Matt, you said, you know, you, you would get rid of the Rules Committee entirely and just have nothing. Uh, so does that mean you would unban everything, essentially? Pretty much. I'd make it all fair game. You know, obviously, there's like the initial pseudo bans that were created when EDH was first started. Things like Power 9, stuff mm -hmm. like that, all still remaining illegal. Just, you know, there, there's no point. Even in a world of proxies, I'm still firmly in the camp of owning the cards that you proxy. but you know, power nine is unobtainable for the vast majority of players. So just keeping it out of the format, I think is totally fine. Like not even needed a discussion there, but everything else, you know, a lot of these things that have been banned for, for forever. And this is the same thing that goes in with modern on that ban list too. Like there's been cards that have been printed in recent times that are far more disgusting than things on the ban list. And I'll have to pull up the commander ban list to get specific. Um, Flash is a, a horrible discussion because, like you said, it, it's something that was requested by an entire community. Right. It, it's the exception to the rule. Yeah. Where, whereas most of the rest of the ban list is, is made up essentially of stuff that is either just way too wacky, like Scheherazade, uh, is going to make for extremely bad play patterns like balance, where you, nobody's going to have a board state after the first turn of the game. Uh, or it's example bans, as I would say the majority of the ban list at this point is them taking a card and saying, hey, this is kind of the worst example we could find right. of this thing that leads to a bad play experience. And there's other cards you can do that do something similar, but, you know, you probably shouldn't. Yeah, it's things like Grizzle Band and Braids and stuff like that. Um, there's also things like Time Vault, Time Walk. Tinker is one that, I mean, I guess I understand because it's a very powerful tutor, but again, I don't think it's worthy of being banned. Give me back Gifts Ungiven so I can use the dozen copies I have. Yeah, I think Gifts, Gifts Ungiven is probably the best example of an example ban there because if you've ever played in a game with it, it literally just becomes like a two-person game at that point because they just draw their entire decks and the rest of you go, okay, what do we do now? Yeah, and my argument would be, okay, this game is over. Let's go to the next game. You know, and also I think a lot of the... All of these cards that are on the ban list, and it isn't a very long ban list. I'm looking at it right now. You know, it's less than 50 cards, and that's a clouding, including things like boxes, which, like I said, I'm totally fine with those staying gone forever. But, you know, I just think a lot of these cards probably wouldn't see widespread play should they come off the ban list. There'd be the initial surge because there'd be the hype of this thing getting unbanned. Well, like, and I don't think that's is. necessarily the case. We saw we saw Worldfire get unbanned and I've never seen one. I don't know if you guys have or not. I don't I've even know once. what that is. <laughs> it's like an eight mana, uh, destroy all permanents. Everyone's life total becomes one like weird jockle hops kind of card. If I remember correctly. Yeah, basically. But you know, even if there was an initial surge, I think a lot of these cards wouldn't see widespread play. And then where they do show up in local metas, I think those betas would quickly adapt because the cards aren't fun. So everyone's going to run more interaction, which is always a good thing. Makes games go faster in general. Oh, disagree. As, as the local battle cruiser representative, uh, interaction <laughs> is not always a good thing. 
Oh, guys, okay World Fire is awesome. I'm playing this. <laughs> yeah, I just Go looked it up. The exile, it's exile all permanents, exile all cards from all hands and graveyards, and each player's life total becomes one for nine mana. <laughs> Apex of power, World Fire. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I do play a lot of Battlecruiser. I, I haven't played any Commander decks that I've actually constructed on my own here in over a month. I've just strictly been playing pre-cons, so we all know that those are limited on interaction, but I think every every meta will be healthier for the players that are doing more interaction because this is again getting on an entirely other other subject i yeah. feel like that i think it feel like a a good way to build lower power decks is to build a deck that does the thing and doesn't bother to run the answers it, 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 unless maybe they're on theme and that kind of thing and i know that that's something that drives a lot of people just up the wall and back but if you're playing at a low power then it's okay to just be like, oh, well, that guy's doing a crazy thing and I can't stop it. I'm going to do my thing over here. Yeah. That's, that's totally fine. Yeah, and I don't disagree, but I think any any meta or any group that is going to be playing these cards should they potentially get unbanned isn't going to be playing lower-powered decks already. Okay. So, you know, what I mean, it, they still might be like sevens, eights, and, you know, they probably will approach something like a nine with some of these inclusions, which a lot of these would just flat out be trash in most decks anyways, like modern commander decks. But, you know, it's just those decks that are already sevens by playing more interaction might get bumped up to eights or nines to, you know, have an appropriate response. And I don't think it really warps the local meta that we'll be playing. And then there's the otter. <laughs> it would have been great to have a chance to see what he did. Well, what he does is he shows up in every Is It deck, and if you go over to any of the CDH channels that that play without the ban list every once in a while, you can see that it shows up in basically every deck. It doesn't do much, but it does show up in every deck, as does Tinker and Caracas, and mm -hmm. you know th things like that. Flash. Yeah. Uh, actually, the the tier one deck in no ban list is uh, is Time Vault. So. Yeah. And I don't think ubiquity in certain decks is worthy of being banned. Like you said, I don't think, I mean, it does have an effect and, you know, it's not a unique effect. There's other things that do those in those decks as well. What is it? It enters the battlefield. If you cast it, copy target, insert or sorcery spell you control, you may choose new targets. Like, yeah, it's great. It's great that it's in the, the command zone. I think, or the companion zone. I think companion having to pay three to put it into your hand now is a big deal to making Lutri more, I guess, quote unquote, fair. Does that change anything for you? Believe it or not, that's actually one of the main changes that I would uh, I would make to the format is, uh, and there's not much that I would change. I would get rid of the, I don't think I touched the ban list at all much as I love recurring nightmare. It, it's a, it's a <laughs> rules nightmare. Uh, so I totally understand why it's on the ban list, not to mention it being broken. But rules wise, setting the ban list aside, what I would change is I would get rid of the 100 card maximum so you could have the ma any maximum number of cards you wanted and then i would get rid of the three for companion because the only format the companions didn't break was commander uh, they see some play in cdh but overall they're they're just not a problem and i'd rather the card does what it says on the card would you make it a hundred card minimum yes yeah yeah to, to be clear what i was talking about is uh, i want to be able to play 110 cards because i'm too lazy to make cuts or i want to be able to play battle of wits that's that's pretty much all I'm talking about, which yeah. most metas will let you do with rule zero anyway. I consistently will buy a new pack of sleeves and just put cards in those sleeves, knowing that it's probably like 102 or 105 cards, and I, I don't care. And if you do, then that's, well, I'm probably just not going to tell you. 
<laughs> so I'm not going to lie. I mean, th there's cards in the ban list that I absolutely hate, and I would hate to see on the table across from me. So, like, I'm not, like, totally pissed off these cards are banned. Mm. Like, I would love Emrakul back. That would be awesome. I would love, you know, the chance to play Braid, stuff like that. Grizzle Band. I think there's plenty of combos that makes Grizzle Brand blush at this point. But I, I guess my ideal situation would be rather than... I would get rid of a bunch of the band list. I'd make it significantly smaller. Keep the ones that are obvious bands, like things that are, you know, rules issues that just make the games overly complicated, stuff like that. And that, that would be literally for the health of the format, just so uh, an hour and a half game doesn't turn into a five-hour game where we have to get a lawyer out here to read the card. But Come on, Scheherazade sub-game. <laughs> yeah. But then kind of take the legacy approach where we have different types of bands. Like Lutri, okay. Band is your companion, but in the 99, totally fine. You know, obviously we can't do things like where you can only run one card of because it's commander, you can only run one card anyways. But, you know, band as commander or band in the 99 so it can only be your commander. Stuff like that would be super interesting. Yeah, I'm and actually, I know they did do that. Thinking about that too, I'm almost curious if doing something like there's no sideboarding commander, right? So the companion still takes a slot even though it's in your companion, because that was that was always my thing, is it always felt kind of cheap because you're really running 101 cards. <laughs> Unless you're Doug, then I guess it doesn't feel cheap. Then I'm running 107. <laughs> yeah, I never really cared about there being extra cards. I mean, that was, uh, that was the whole thing, right? I mean, the whole thing is not only is it a guaranteed other card, so it might as well be in your hand, but it is an extra card that you're guaranteed always going to have access to. I mean... I think at the end of the day, unless Doug comes in to uh, make any changes, is the 100 cards. That's one of the biggest parts of Commander. See, and I've heard that argument several times where people have said, well, 100 cards, that is Commander. And I, I don't know that I agree with that. I don't, it's an arbitrary number that was chosen to be an arbitrary number because the Rules Committee, uh, at that point, probably just Sheldon and his friend, uh, Air Force, his Air Force buddies in Alaska, they wanted to have a high variance game, essentially. That that yeah. was the whole idea. Yeah, and just because it's something we've always done doesn't make it always right. And you know, other constructed formats have minimums with no maximum. And what do we largely see that everyone plays the minimum, except for you know those fringe cases where people want to play more cards for certain strategies or because they don't want to make cuts like Doug and stuff like that. I don't think just because all of a sudden there's no maximum that people are going to stop playing a hundred cards. No, I don't think so at all. Although I did, I won my first draft with a 56 card deck. And I know that because the guy I wanted against was very angry. Yeah, I've, I've, I've won modern games where I uh, sideboarded in and I forget the sideboard out like several times now because I'm an idiot, but like it happens to work out a lot of the time. Hey, I was store champion a couple of weeks ago with 42 cards in my draft deck. Not quite where you can make the statistical argument like 41. Yeah, as I was gonna say, I literally always play 41, and I always I play middle too. of the pack. I mean, no, I, 41 is always my go-to. I tell everyone I'm doing the Doug Young, and I play 41. See, that's what it is. <laughs> We're all lazy, and it's okay. Like, I want to run 17 lands, and I want to run 24 non-lands. Sue me. I don't want to <laughs> run 17 lands. I'm going to flood yeah. at 16. Literally, you're always, your first response to everything is just cut lands. It is. What are, what are lands good for? 
Kyle, how many times have you been looking through your commander deck and found that you were playing like 28 lands when you thought it was like 36? I, I have one commander deck that plays 28 lands and it's because it's Quarkashima and it's built to play 28 lands. See, and I have two that play 45. So I, oh I guess, and not, and not because I play extra cards in those decks either. Well, I feel like I just got stabbed in the chest. That's Doug so many lands. Being able to cast things on curve. It's weird. I play 37 in no. dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, I still think it should be 38. Anyways, so yeah, that that's kind of, I don't know. I could take the ban list. I, I would love to see changes to it. Obviously, there's a bunch of cards I want off, like I said. I would love to see them go back to banning as commander or banning in the 99 and stuff like that. Just get some variants you know maximize people's playability if they want to follow the rules committee and while also maximizing health of the format i guess maximizing the maximizing the health of the format is is right now commander's better than it's ever been it's bigger than it's ever been oh so I, I, yeah that would be I my takeaway is whenever people talk about abolishing the rules committee or or you know making all these these crazy changes and and all that i kind of go well i mean everything's kind of great right now and has been for a while you know, our premise was, is it a good thing that there hasn't been any any bans lately? We've been seeing this no changes update every quarter. Uh, and I think that that's a sign of a very healthy format that where everyone's having a blast. I don't I don't disagree that the format isn't healthy. I just disagree that it could be attributed to the rules committee. I mean, like, I don't think that commander wouldn't ever have gotten to this point. Maybe it was faster with the rules committee, but I still think commander itself would have evolved to a point where it would still be this way. Kyle, what do you think? Are you pro authoritarian or, uh, or or are you coming with the more anarchist bent? So kind of, so again, like you said, I'm kind of in the middle, but I, I think I'd make more drastic changes. I think what probably should happen. And I think it will eventually, if, if the format continues to become more and more popular is it will officially split into two formats. It'll split into CDH and EDH, and I think it should be the same rules committee that just manages over both of them, but it would be two separate smaller ban lists. And, and why do you think it needs to be two formats? Because there's there's some outcry from the CEDH community at this point to maybe take a look at Thassa's Oracle, but outside of that, or, or maybe Dockside, but outside of that, I, I mean, even CEDH is pretty happy right now. I, I just think, I think that CEDH, isolated, CEDH is becoming more and more popular. And I think you're seeing it more and more. And I think that it might give it more attention if it was its own separate format or looked at as its own separate format. Now, necessarily, does that have to happen? Because I also do understand the argument of, well, for banning cards like Thassa's Oracle or Dockside Extortion, which are causing problems within CDH or those really affecting casual anyways. But I actually think that it might be the opposite, that making bans in casual might be affecting CDH because a lot of times the bans in casual are because they're oppressive cards, oppressive cards that would probably have a better home in CDH. Are you talking about Hole Breacher specifically? I'm talking about Hole Breacher. I'm talking about things like Paradox Engine or Iona. And Paradox Engine, I, I don't think was actually a power level ban at all. It was, uh, it was just, it, it led to long games because people would sit there and, well, yeah. for, for not a better way to say it, they would sit there and play with themselves for 30 minutes. Yeah, they yeah. would uh they play Colton games. That's yeah, the yes, only time I've ever seen Paradox Dungeon. Yeah, it was literally just that was a pure health of the format ban. Wasn't that it was super powerful, it wasn't that it was, you know, intricate to a particular combo. It was just 
it ultimately drug down the format in games it was evolved. I guess I'm in the camp where if we're going to talk about CEDH, I don't think it should be split at all. I think regular EDH is the gateway drug to CEDH. And I think once, you know, I think CEDH is more liberating than EDH, just with the accepted proxies, like just the general atmosphere around it, even though it is competitive, it is tends to be more approachable, at least in my experiences with, you know, friendlier members of the community and stuff like that. Yeah. And to be clear, I've been talking like I'm an authority on CDH, which I should officially retract at this moment because I barely started playing probably six months ago. And uh, Mike, <laughs> Jake over at Commander's Herald would uh, would absolutely murder me for, uh, for for pretending like I knew anything about this format. But you know, it is a it's a good time. Whether you're designing a deck that is just no holds barred, or you're you're taking one of the existing decks that are in the meta out there, it's a complicated game that. It, it lives in the variance that uh, that the format is made of, but at the same time is just hyper efficient and will do stupid things on on turn one and turn two. I also think if CDH got split from EDH, it would suffer in support. Like obviously the community's there. There's a, a ton of people that play it. There's all the discords, all the Facebook groups, all the Twitters and Reddits, all that kind of thing. All the YouTube channels that are big into CDH. But obviously, CEDH isn't something Watsi can support just with proxies being so big in it. And, you know, ultimately, we, we, uh, we do see other formats that don't have official recognition and support from Watsi do, you know, okay. It, it doesn't have the opportunity to grow to something the size of, you know, regular commander. And I think, you know, having those two attached, having that part of the discussion constantly, kind of like how we naturally just keep coming back to it, even though we're just talking about the rules committee making no changes. I think is better for ED- CDH than if CDH was on its own. Yeah, and despite disagreeing with Matt literally the entire episode here, I, I think I agree with him on this point. CDH should not be its own format. The entire idea of it is that it is EDH, but it takes all the social nonsense that kind of makes EDH complicated and throws it to the wayside and says, hey, look, there's an official ban list. We're going to follow that. And beyond that, whatever. Uh, and I'm I'm the worst there is out there. My two CDH decks are both stacks. One's just rule of law, and the other one is basically smokestack. It tries to get everyone down to zero permanence. So I, if there's anyone that's making life miserable for people out there, it's me. But I, you know, it's a blast, and it's the only time you'll get to play those kind of decks and not have the table stare daggers at you. Right, but maybe I mean, you even want to play another game after. They'd still be connected in the sense that there's still two formats sitting underneath the rules committee, sitting in the same space. I mean, WotC now does not make cards for CEDH. WotC now does not support CEDH. There would be no changes. WotC prints cards and then realizes those cards were too powerful, and then those cards end up in CEDH. It, it's absolutely true. and I, I think a large part of that was before there was a casual play division over at WotC. Uh, it, it was basically they had a whole bunch of pro players trying to understand Commander who hadn't really played Commander and as a result, you saw things like Jeweled Lotus and Dockside Extortion. It's like, you guys want this, right? I mean, you want us to sell boxes, right? No, that's also <laughs> yeah. a huge part of the problem, yes. But I, I, I don't think that that would change because I don't think Watsi's supporting CEDH in a sense right now at all anyways. I just think CEDH is piggybacking on the support that EDH gets. And we see other formats like Canadian Highlander and stuff that are still EDH, but not EDH. And they don't right. have nearly the amount of support that CDH does when it's tied to it. I'm just saying, but that... EDH isn't going anywhere, and I still don't. I, I I don't know what like what do you mean by support? What support is it getting? 
uh, he, he was saying that EDH gets a ton of support uh, and therefore CEDH does. And I, I agree with that. Right. But I'm I, saying, I, mean, I don't know why EDH wouldn't get support anymore and why CEDH couldn't just piggyback off that still. Well, then what's the point of making it a different format? Well, because Is, they have two separate band, like bands and rule lists and two, and to be able to look at them separately, to be able to assess them separately. Cause they are very different play styles. Like the, the decks are very different. The play styles are very different. I'm not saying, I mean, at the end of the day, like, like I said, I mean, it's they're so, still going to be there next to each other. They're still going to be under the same rules committee. The EDH is still going to be supported. So CDH could just as easily still piggyback off of it. But if they looked at them as two separate formats is what I'm saying. Because but you just exactly not a, described it being one format. How is it one format? It's not official. I mean, technically they are two different formats. Right, because none of this is officially see even CDH commanders is not just a, playing tens. Right, right. But I mean, the fact of the matter that we keep calling it CDH versus EDH means they are two separate formats. I'm just saying, I mean, if the rules the committee looked at it that way, it's the same thing as saying, "Oh, you're playing battle cruiser, and I'm playing combo." Are those two different formats now? No, but you're talking about archetypes, not formats. In I, I will CDH agree with Kyle here that. I will agree with Kyle here that it is essentially semantics, which is why I don't think it needs to be officialized. Right. And when at the end of the day, it is all casual anyways, right? Like commander's not an official format. Yeah. There are official formats. There are official formats out there that, uh, that are, have support from Watsi and you would never know it. When's the last time you <laughs> saw brawl outside of arena? Oathbreaker just became a thing, right? As Oathbreaker felt like it was dead. I know entirely. we're going to save this, but I actually really like Oathbreaker. I Gross. haven't played it, and I really want to. I'll make a deck and play with you, Doug. <laughs> that is that is a uh, next week's topic, as I understand. Though, I guess I would be much happier. Just I don't know. Now I'm getting conflicted, which it, means that we have succeeded. <laughs> I I don't I don't have any issue with the rules committee is ex- existing. Uh, like I said, I think that there should be something in place for when shit changes in Magic. Like we literally just got a new type. A card type like that's something that a rules committee could discuss and talk about and incorporate and you know publish something about how this gets incorporated into commander like obviously battle is not a very complicated mechanic to include in commander but there are some weird things and just clarification from something like a rules committee is great i just don't think that you know their place especially in casual you know power level one through eight and a half commander is really relevant like Everything is handled locally within your meta. I do agree that, you know, if, if there was going to be a formal formalization of some kind of competitive level of commander, like CDH was officially recognized or something like that, then yeah, that should have a ban list just like every other competitive format. But, and that I can agree with. That I can agree with. If they separated them, they had the competitive as its own, the competitive had a ban list, and then they just said casual is casual. It's, it's non-formal, obviously. Just have your rule zero talk, do what you want. Yeah. Gotta gotta say, guys, everything we just said sounds a lot like what we have right now. Kind of. Like I said, I'm not like mad that the rule committee exists. It's just little differences that I would like to see personally. I will say the one thing that does kind of bother me, and it's it's our, our age of internet, and I'm surprised we haven't brought this up yet, is the um oh what do you what would you call that? Like the the making like the members of the rules committee like personalities, like them them like having fame on the internet like that's the thing that gets me is like i i see a lot of these videos where like content creators will bring them on and everyone like 
you know, rushes to them in the cesspool that is Twitter and stuff like that. And I'm like, these guys aren't celebrities, you know? Well, I think you're more describing the uh, the CAG, the Commander Advisory Group, which is basically almost entirely made up of personalities. Uh, there's several members of the Rules Committee I guarantee you don't know the name of, and if you saw their name, you wouldn't think anything of it, uh, that have been around on the Rules Committee for forever. And there's a couple of those on the CAG, too. I think that's more of a chicken and egg question because people got discovered because they were personalities and that's how they ended up on the CAG and that's how they ended up on the rules committee. Yeah. I, I personally have no problem with people pursuing that kind of thing. Like obviously some higher authority thought they're worthy to being on this group and they're definitely more qualified than I am. Like I have no graces and you know, there has to be somebody making some kind of voice for, you know, if if there is going to be a body that has some kind of voice, there needs to be people on it. And having them be celebrities, just, well, pseudo-celebrities, magic celebrities, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> just, it, it makes that easy information easier to, you know, disperse and have people consume. Like, eh, I, I suppose so. I mean, I think, I think Doug makes a good point. There are a lot of people on the RC that I have never heard of. Uh, I just looked them up. There are quite a few, though. Look, the big names that are, Obviously, Olivia Gobert Hicks, who just was just brought on, her and Jim from Spike Peters, yeah, yeah, and then Sheldon Mennery, obviously. Um, I think Sheldon's fame is what bothers me the most at this point, to be honest. But that's personal. Um, I think you're more bothered by how people treat him rather than his fame. What do you mean? I'm not saying they they are elaborate. If anything, it seems to me like Sheldon kind of is the. the scapegoat and he likes being oh, in that he position. definitely is yeah which i i mean if he wants to do it and somebody has to let's be clear <laughs> no, uh, but... if he wants to do it more power to him because i i don't want the entire internet coming yeah. up coming after me I, I think what kyle doesn't like is like when we went to grand prix reno and sheldon mentoring was there playing in the command zone just the constant fangirling of the nerdiest people coming over and sucking on his toes and stuff like that like that wasn't anything Sheldon asked for, but it, you know we do see that kind of thing, and it is disgusting. And I think that's what disgusts you about him having some kind of pseudo celebrity status. Yeah, and that's a good point. I also here's my thing: is I'm very much the RC and the CAG is I don't want to say a job because obviously, like, well, I mean, for some of these people, magic has become a job. In fact, for all of these people, magic has become a job. But it it really seems like like a job, right? It really seems like you're doing something that needs to be done rather than the fame and maybe the CAG less though than the RC at this point. But I, I don't know. It's hard to put into words. Now I'm, now I'm getting off track. (laughs) I see them more like the committee of architecture down your local HOA association. (laughs) Don't, don't get me started on other committees that don't need to exist, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, obviously we've reached a point where we all agree and there's no more strikes. Yeah, totally. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Never, never an yeah. issue. Best friends forever. <laughs> and commander's the healthiest it's ever been. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, agreed. I guess ultimately, uh, I don't think anybody's ever going to agree totally on the rules committee, what they do, what they don't do, stuff like that. It's just something that's going to constantly exist as long as commander's a format and it's managed the way it is. So, you know, if you guys got something to say about it, I know all of you have strong opinions about this. Don't even try lying about it. Hit up our discords. Tell us what you think the rules can be. Think, tell us what you think a no change for the past consecutive two years means. Um, are there cards you want to see unbanned? Are there cards you don't want to see unbanned? You know, hit us up. We want to talk about it. But 
there is one more big change here before we start wrapping things up. And this doesn't involve Commander, but we are talking another change that Watsi came out and declared. And this is going to affect, you know, largely MTG Arena. Although it is kind of pushed forward under the guise of making the format healthier. And that is changing the rotation to standard to three years rather than two. So basically what that means is more sets in the standard pool, longer rotation. So you get to play with your cards more theoretically if you only play standard, I guess. And, you know, I think obviously the biggest change is going to be on Arena. Like it's just going to rack in the bucks having them have more packs available that aren't just automatically going to historic or whatever. But, you know, it is a big change nonetheless. There hasn't really been any standard changes in a long time either, other than bans. But, you know, the format itself has been unchanged for as long as I can remember. How many sets are we talking? A whole other year, so four. How many sets come out in three years? Uh, I would say it's approximately 274. <laughs> yeah. That's what it feels like. So so are we going to hit 13 and then rotate? Yes. 12 to 13. I think it could be 12. Oh, my God. God, that's a lot of stuff. I, you know, I'm, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. It almost feels, it feels less rotating. I know it still rotates, but it gives you more time with those cards. So I kind of like it, but we'll it's see how it works. just another step to Pioneer. I don't know. So the main thing with Standard at this point is it, it, it's trying desperately to get back to the point where it's relevant again outside of Arena, essentially. Because nobody, nobody has a paper Standard deck. If, if you say you have a paper Standard deck, you're lying. It's just, just no one has that. No one's had that for a while now. Uh, it it kind of just died completely with the uh, with, with the COVID. pandemic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But even before that, you know, I, I I shouldn't talk as any kind of an authority on standard. I have not played anything competitive sixty card uh, since I was about seventeen. Uh, before that, I was hugely involved in it, and the reason I quit was because I dropped a ton of money for Birds of Paradise and Hammer Bogarden when it was still expensive and uh, all those kind of things to put together a deck that I meted into a JSS against counter rebels to tell you how old I am. And then it just rotated. And I was like, I just spent like $200 on this deck and I can't play anything in it now. And I think that's the biggest problem with standard is, is really that that constant rotation that keeps it fresh also keeps people from wanting to spend money on it. Uh, and I think having it rotate every three years, at least some of those cards will be playable, even if they're not the top tier deck anymore. And I think that's probably a good thing. I agree. I, I don't, I don't know. Standard bugs me. And it's not so much the format itself that bugs me. It's people in general, because we see Watsi selling cases and pawn cases upon cases of brand new standard legal format cards and sets, like year after year after year, like record-breaking profits, stuff like that. So there's obviously a huge number of people opening these standard legal boxes. There's also, and this is more of a local thing, and it's the same thing. There's just, you know, a dozen people that open an obscene amount of sealed product. And then, like, maybe not really express it, but they do talk about wanting to do stuff with their cards. And when standard comes up, like, you just spent, you know, $1,800 in the past year on sealed product that's standard legal. Do you want to make a standard deck? Oh, no, I'm okay. I'm just going to sit on them. Like, there, there's definitely been a change in the mentality facing standard too. Like, it's not that some people, that a large number of people apparently don't have the card base to do it anymore. It's just that there's no desire to do it. Oh, that's kind of the beautiful thing about Standard being a complete graveyard is that uh, Standard doesn't drive prices anymore. Commander does. We haven't had to worry about that in a while. 
Yeah, well, and that's something interesting that MTG Goldfish brought up, or Saffron Olive, I forget if he was working under the guise of MTG Goldfish when he posted this, but talking about the most expensive cards in Standard are just the cards that see play everywhere else. Yep. We're thinking, like, Shouldered and uh, the Kiki Jiki Saga, stuff like that, are literally the most expensive cards, and Rakdos Midrange is, like, the Standard deck, apparently, and it's the one that run, like, the recent Pro Tour, stuff like that. If you remove the Shouldereds, and the Kiki Jiki Saga is out of it. The deck is literally worth like a third of what it was prior. And I which, imagine all of that one third is lands, if I had to guess. It, and yeah, probably. And, you know, it's just things like enemy fetch, or not fetch lands, enemy pain lands, stuff like that, which aren't insane prices. But I, I think there's been a huge culture shift that was spurred by COVID. And it's something that Arena will never fix because Arena is not the solution to fixing paper magic. It's the replacement for paper magic. But it, it, it's something, the culture has changed. Standard is not a thing anymore. It's always going to be viewed negatively. It, they can make the rotation five years and people are still going to be like, well, I'm not going to be able to play with my cards after five years. I'm not going to play it. And I don't, I don't disagree with them. They should be playing Pioneer and Modern, which I am much more supportive of. But yeah, Play Pioneer. It's so good. It really is. But how's Pioneer Commander? Is that a thing? No. Okay. I mean, it can be. <laughs> Just we'll, we'll we'll talk about that next week. I love me a good build challenge. Yeah, it wouldn't even be that hard, really. But anyways, I I just think Watsy needs to kind of let standard go. Like either come up with some new format to replace it, or just you know say you know standard is so pre twenty nineteen. We we recognize this is having. We're still going to have it available digitally on Arena but we're not going to support it, you know, in print anymore. And instead of, you know, having the guise of standard legal sets, we're now printing just draft sets. We're playing printing sets for limited. And we, one, we take that balance totally out of it. They don't have to, you know, lie to us and say that they're balancing for standard anymore. And two, you know, you know, potentially it leads to better limited product, which we've been very blessed lately. I think limited has been in an awesome place, but like, it's just, it's time to let standard die. And I don't think making the rotation longer is something that's going to save it. I can't, it can't hurt to try. That, that's where I'm at. And you're right. Limited's great. As long as that keeps on happening. And as a limited and commander player, I, I don't care. Make it whatever number you want. Oh, you're what's wrong with me, Doug. That's why I only ever want to play commander or limited. That's exactly right. I'm a bad influence. You know what else is wrong? Releasing sets that you can't play in limited. I'm looking at you aftermath. <laughs> motherfucker Releasing five card packs five card packs yeah oh my what is God. this bullshit i'm still six dollars a pack there's a lot of variants out there you could absolutely wait to find a way to play a game with five card packs i mean <laughs> Fall, fallen empires is nine card packs and people have drafted that before such awful reviews yeah five card packs with the same 50 cards a little different <laughs> yeah aftermath is a trap don't buy it people i had someone message on the xp discord or a uh, messenger asking if we were doing anything for the release of Aftermath this Friday. And I just sent back a question mark because I didn't realize that Aftermath was even releasing this Friday. <laughs> and what are we going to do? We're playing Modern. That makes sense. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Celebrate, celebrate the Aftermath of Standard. It's called Modern. Right. Yeah. Let's not celebrate 50 cards that should have just been included in the Standard set. We're just going to move past this. Sorry, not sorry. Anyways... I, I, that's kind of it. I feel like we're wrapping up. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? Anyways, hope you guys enjoyed listening about how we make our podcasts and finding out how you can do it too. It is super easy. We weren't lying to you. Anyways, just, you know, a little bit of housekeeping here on the tail end, like always. 
hit us up on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, Discord, all that stuff at Casual Tutors, pretty much everywhere you consume your magic. Uh, we appreciate all you guys listening and sharing. Please keep it up. We really want to grow our audience size, and we know you guys are the largest part of that. So please, please, please just keep sharing. And just another huge welcome to Doug. Make sure to hit our discords. Tell him hi. See how he's doing. Talk about him. He know he loves talking about top tens, like you said, every Friday and EDA Trek. He That's probably right. never gets tired of it. <laughs> how could you get tired of top ten lists? <laughs> exactly. Anyways, I'm Matt. I'm Kyle. And I'm Doug. I, I sounded more sure about this this time, right? <laughs> and we're the casual tutors. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>